Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon, for the next two hours. We will be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, I'm going to call 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pecan. That's blogtalkradio.com slash pecan. Or you can send messages to the show on Twitter, at GoForAgain. And while you're there on Twitter, at GoForAgain, make sure you give me a follow. I follow back more often than not. Expected to be joined by R&B star Donnell Jones. Uh, We're going to talk to Donnell about some of his music and his upcoming uh, musical projects that he may have out right now. I know he has a single dropping soon, so we're going to talk to him about that. Also, we're going to be joined by Atlanta Falcons guard Justin Blaylock. And Justin is going to talk to us about his Atlanta Falcons, who are now 11-1. More than likely, he's going to have the number one seed in the NFC. And the Falcons, to me, it's all about what's going to happen in the playoffs. It's all about what's going to happen in the playoffs when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons. That's what it, that's what it's all about for me. It doesn't matter what they do in this regular season. Like the Miami Heat a year ago. It didn't matter what they did in the regular season. It's all about what you do in the playoffs. And this Falcon team, over the past couple of years, have had some problems in the playoffs. Green Bay beat them in a divisional round. Giants beat them in a wild card round a year ago. So they've had problems in the playoffs. They've had problems getting over the top. So this is all. This is what it's all about for the Atlanta Falcons: getting over the top. And we're going to talk to Justin Blaylock about his Falcons and about them getting over the top. Also, we're going to be joined by our Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Willie Rove, the great Willie Rove. We're going to talk to him about all things NFL. Looking forward to having Willie back. Uh, Willie uh, was on hiatus last week, uh, wasn't here with us last week, but he will be back this week. And we're going to talk all things NFL. And, and speaking of the NFL, and just a uh, Sad, sad, sad story out of Kansas City this morning. Linebacker Jovan Belcher apparently this morning shot his girlfriend and apparently and ultimately he would shoot himself at the team's practice facility. Sad story. I mean, obviously, you know, this is a – Chiefs have had their struggles this year, but this is beyond any of that. This is beyond – any of that. Apparently, he shot and killed his girlfriend, who was 22 years old, uh, around 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, while the woman's mother was present, and Belcher does have a, a daughter, a three-month-old daughter, with this particular woman that he killed this morning. He has a daughter with her. Sad. Just just a sad story as it goes on. And After he, he apparently shot his uh, girlfriend, he ultimately went to the pub. Kentucky Chiefs practice facility, and at their practice facility, he was Scott Pioli, the GM, and, and 
coach Romeo Cornell. They they tried to talk him out of it. Apparently, um, Belcher ultimately thanked them and and did what he had to felt he had to do, and he ultimately shot himself in the head and, and killed himself. Just a sad, sad story. Sad story. I mean, it's just. It's just sad. I mean, that's all you really can say about the story. It's just absolutely, positively sad. But also, I, I think you have to take this into account. And it's just talking about life. It's talking about life. I mean, just because you have a lot of money, just because you have money, just because you, you seem to have success, just because, just because you have a smile on your face doesn't mean you're happy. And so all that glitters isn't necessarily gold. And and that's what it comes down to, unfortunately, in this particular situation. You see a guy seemingly who who seemed to be happy, who who seemed to be you know a regular guy having a four year NFL vet. Uh, you, you just saw you know all reports the guy didn't seem to have any issues. But again, you just never know sometimes what's going on in the mind uh, of a person. You just never know sometimes. You never know what's going on in the mind of a person. You just don't know. And, and sometimes you think they're happy, and in essence, sometimes they're not. They're smiling. They seem to have success, as I said. And it's just, I mean, it's just an unfortunate situation. And apparently the woman who was killed was allegedly or apparently uh, reportedly was introduced to Belcher by a Chiefs player. So we don't know who that player is. We don't know who the person is that was killed this morning. And, you know, I'm seeing on Twitter, RIP, Jovan Belcher, RIP, this, that, and whatever. But the reality is if, if the reports are true, he killed someone. So he's a murderer at this point. So the sympathy, I mean, yes, I have sympathy for the guy because anytime you kill someone and ultimately kill yourself, you have issues. So I have sympathy for you. I have sympathy for your family. But more, more of my sympathy is going to go to the woman that was killed. That, that That's where most of my sympathy is going to go to, to the woman who was killed. And again, I, I think we, it, this needs to be pointed out. We all have issues. It, it doesn't matter what, who you are, what you have. You have issues. I have issues. We have issues. We all have the issues, folks. It doesn't matter who you are. You have issues. We have issues. I have issues. And apparently Javon Belcher had some issues, and it manifested itself this morning by his actions. And the thing about it is this. I mean, you know, we go through life, and, you know, this America, capitalistic society, it's all about the notion of the individual, the notion of being successful, and the notion of, of, you know, all those things. But the reality is we are supposed to support each other. We are our brother's keeper. And the thing about this whole situation is, you know, maybe Jovan could have talked to somebody along the way. Maybe there was somebody he could have sat down with and just talked about some of the issues that he was going through or some of the things that was in his head. And, you know, I mean, it's it's a tough thing. I mean, you wonder how the Chiefs, I know the game is scheduled for tomorrow against the Panthers. You wonder if that's going to still go on. I think it should. 
I really do think it should. I mean, I think football for a lot of people, it, it's that it, it's healing, and it could be healing for the players. It could, it could not. I don't know. But you know, you, you hear players. The show normally goes on. The show normally goes on. And I, I mean, if all reports are true, if he if he killed his 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 girlfriend and ultimately killed himself, then I don't think one act, one one act, one unfortunate act should should stop the whole show. I don't think so. I think it must go on. And I think the players may – well, I mean, I think ultimately it should be up to the Chiefs and its players. You know, you got uh, Romeo Cornell, the coach who, who was there firsthand. You got uh, Scott Pioli, who was there firsthand. These people were there firsthand. Firsthand. They were there. They were there. They saw it. They saw it. They saw it. They saw it. I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine seeing that? Could you imagine seeing that? Excuse me. Could you imagine seeing that? I mean, it just... I, it's... It's just sad. It's just absolutely sad. And you wonder now, do they play tomorrow? Should they play tomorrow? And I don't, I don't even know if that's really relevant at this point, to be honest with you. And, and, and saying I don't even know how relevant it is. I don't even know how relevant that is. Should, should they play tomorrow? Uh, it's almost like who cares? <clears throat> it's almost like who cares? This guy, Javon Belcher, apparently was dealing with some issues. Apparently had some issues. Apparently had some issues, and then unfortunately he, he did the unthinkable. Killed himself. Killed his girlfriend. And now you got a three-month-old baby with no mother, with no father. And that's unfortunate. And then someone's going to have to explain to this baby, to this child, what happened? Someone is going to have to explain to this child what happened. Someone. And, and, and I feel sorry for the person that has to do it. This is an unfortunate situation, man. And I don't, it, I mean, it's it, it goes beyond football. It goes beyond anything. But I think the thing that we should get out of this, one of the things that we should get out of this is <clears throat> just because you have success, just because you have money, just because you have fame, just because you have all these things, all these things, just because you have all these things doesn't mean you're happy. It does not mean you're happy. And, and that's And that's something I think we should take from this. Happiness is not always money. Money does not always equate to happiness. Success does not always equate to happiness. A smile does not always equate to happiness. These things, these things which are synonymous a lot of times with happiness do not always make you happy.
And I, I mean, and it's still early. <clears throat> it's still early in the process, but the reality is, you know, if 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 all things are that are reported are true, then this is a cowardice move by Javon uh, Belcher. This this is a move that you know, yes, R.I.P. Javon Belcher, but more importantly, R.I.P. the woman that he killed. That's more important. R.I.P. the woman that he killed. That's more important. If the reports are true. And again, <clears throat> again, I feel sorry for Javon Belcher. I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for any person that would get to the point in their life where they feel like they have to do what he did today. I feel sorry for him. I feel most more sorry for the family of the woman, but I feel sorry for Belcher's family as well. <clears throat> I feel sorry for the for his three month old daughter, and I, I I guess I would argue that's probably the person I feel the most sorry for, the three month old daughter, because now she no longer has a mother or a father. This is a sad story. It's just a sad situation. And, again, again, if you're going to take anything from this, take this. Take this. Just because you have all these things, just because you have all these success, all this happiness, all this money, cars, fame, so on and so forth, doesn't mean you are happy. That does not equate to happiness. It doesn't. It doesn't. It just doesn't. And with that being said, I want to pass this number along to you, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, Lifeline, I should say, 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-TALK, 8255. If you're feeling or, or having any thoughts of, of any type of suicide or wanting to kill yourself or any of those thoughts that are out there, please call that hotline. Please call the hotline. And I'll give it to you one more time, 1-800-273-8255, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. For those out here who who may be struggling with issues, and again, I'll, I'll say it one more time. I said it before. I'll say it one more, one more time. All that glitters ain't gold. Just because you have money don't mean you're happy. Just because you have success don't mean you're happy. Just because you have a smile on your face doesn't mean you're happy. Always remember that. And always, always. If you see somebody, see your brother going through some issues, try to talk to him, please, before unfortunate situations like this happen. Because this truly is an unfortunate situation. And this is the type of situation, man, that just makes you shake your head and just, it's just sad. Just absolutely sad. I want to switch gears now. I want to switch gears to the NBA. And it came down yesterday. David Stern, fine, San Antonio. $250,000 for what happened Thursday night. We all know what happened Thursday night. Just just in case you forgot, let me tell you what happened Thursday night. You had it now where the Spurs were visiting the Miami Heat, Thursday night game, 8 o'clock, TNT. And in that game, Spurs were obviously on a big-time road trip, six-game roadie. And in that particular game, Greg Popovich sent home Four of his big-time players, Tony Parker, 
Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and he also sent home David, uh, Danny Green, excuse me, sent him home. Said, you know what? We've been on this long road trip. We're an older ball club. It's just a regular season game in November. Go back to San Antonio. Rest up for your next game. Rest on up. That's what he did. He sent him home. David Stern immediately came out that night. That night he came out and said, you know what? There's going to be a substantial fine for what happened tonight. There's going to be a substantial fine and a substantial penalty for what happened tonight. And what happened was he sent his four players home, his four best players home. Well, three of his best players. I wouldn't call Danny Green one of his four best players. Three of his best players he sent home. Parker, Ginobili, Duncan. And I, I can kind of see it from both sides. You know, I, I can see it from both sides. I can see it from the commissioner's point of view, national televised game, TNT, two of the better teams in the league, and also from the standpoint of the fans who I don't think more often than not they're coming to, to a, a Miami Heat game to see Tim Duncan, Ginobili, or Parker. But, yes, if you bought a ticket to that particular game, you're there to see those three guys. Now, I mean, the Spurs, are they a big-time draw in this league? Are, are people getting excited to see Duncan and, and, and Parker and Ginobili? Probably not. But the Spurs as a team, as a whole, are one of the better teams in the league this year, have been one of the better teams in the league for years, for over the years. And you look at that team, your three best players, your big three, Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili, are sent home. You send them home before the game. I look at it and I and I say I understand what Davis where David Stern was coming from. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. I mean the Spurs have done this before. They have done this before. So this is not something new. This has been done before. This has been done before. We we, we know we've seen this before. And I tweeted during the game, I said, you know what? And the Spurs were in control of that game and had a great opportunity to win that game. But I said, hey, if the Spurs win that game, do they still get a substantial penalty? And they were competitive. It was a competitive, good NBA basketball game. It was a good NBA basketball game. The fans got their money's worth. The fans got their money's worth. And David Stern, tough talking Thursday night. And unfortunately, I think he talked too soon. I think he talked too soon. And in talking too soon, he decided, you know what, there is going to be a substantial penalty. He said it Thursday night. And we didn't even play the game. The game wasn't even played before he said that. And ultimately the game was played, and the game was competitive, and it was a very good game. It was a very good NBA basketball game, and the fans got their money's worth, in my opinion. It was a close game. Came down to the end. Came down to the end. And, hey, the Spurs are about winning championships. Greg Popovich, that organization is all about winning titles. And they've done it. That's what they're about. That's what they're about. And you know what? If you feel like, and you know what's best for your players. You know your players better than I do and better than anybody else. You know what's best for your players, theoretically as the coach. And so his thought process was, you know what? It's a November game. My team's been on a long road trip. 
let's rest these guys. Let's send these guys home. And you know what? We got bigger fish to fry. And that bigger fish is an NBA title. And that bigger fish ain't going to be fried if Duncan, Ginobili, or Parker, if they're not healthy. That fish ain't getting fried if those guys aren't healthy. That's the bottom line. The fish ain't getting fried if those guys aren't healthy. That bigger fish that you're shooting for, which is the NBA title. So I understand why he did it. I understand why he did it. But I guess if I'm a fan and in this economy and I drop a couple dollars to see an NBA basketball game, see the San Antonio Spurs, if they're not hurt, of course I want to see Duncan. Of course I want to see Tony Parker. Of course I want to see Ginobili. Of course I want to see those guys. If I put my, if I drop money on that, if I pay money to see to, to pay for those tickets to get into that ball game, those are the guys I want to see. That that's it. Bottom line, those are the guys I want to see. I pay money. I, I pay money for this. I want to see these guys. I, I pay money. I work for my money. I work hard for my money. So hard for it, honey. So as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, if I pay money, those are the guys I want to see. So there's there's a lot of conflicting point of views here. From one hand, you can understand Greg Popovich. You know, I know my team. It's only a November game. We're on a long road trip. We're an older team. On the other side, as a fan, I pay my money. I want to see the game. I see the Spurs. I want to see Duncan. I want to see Ginobili. I want to see Parker. These are the guys I want to see. This is the money I spent. So there's, a, there's some conflicting point of views here. At the end of the day, David Stern sided with the fan and said, you know what? The fans come to see your big guys. The fans come to see Duncan, Parker, Ginobili. That's who they come to see. That's who they pay their money to see. I don't think the fans, well, you could argue that they really came to watch the game to see LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and the Miami Heat. And that's probably a legitimate argument. But I guess if you're going to do, if you're going to sit those guys in any city, it might as well be Miami because how much of the Miami fans really care about the Heat all like that? So many empty seats that you see when you watch those games. I've questioned the Miami, the Miami fan over the years. It's not a great fan. You had all that success with the Marlins. Marlins won all those titles, two titles. They've had a lot of success. Granted, each year they won the title, year after they broke it down. But again, they won titles. The Heat have had success. 2006 won a title, and again won a title last year. And I see empty seats in that building. I see empty seats in that building. I see empty seats in that building. That's what I see. That's what I see. I see empty seats in that building. I see a lot of empty seats in a championship team's building. So if, I guess if you're going to do it to any fan base, you might as well do it to the Miami Heat fan base. That's the fan base you might as well do what you did, Greg Popovich. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do something like that, you might as well do it for that fan base. I don't have a problem with that doing it to that fan base. So a lot of conflicting reports. Overall, I don't think they should have got fined. Um, I, I don't think that should have happened. I don't agree with it, especially since they almost won the game. 
And you also look at it, you can look at it um, from this perspective as well. Um, they played Orlando Wednesday night, and you can say, you know what, maybe you get, because essentially you could argue that they're giving a game away by resting those four guys against the Miami Heat. You could argue that theoretically maybe those guys should have been rested against the Orlando Magic, and then a team that's not as good as the Miami Heat, and then you bring the team back, bring all those guys back the next day against the Miami Heat. But I guess theoretically, by sending them off after the game or, or sending them home Wednesday, Thursday morning, or where have you, by sending them home then, they get a couple days more, a couple more days of rest before they play their game tonight. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, ultimately, I don't think they should have got fined. And I, know, I can understand both sides, both perspectives of what happened. I truly can understand and respect both sides here. I truly can. I truly can. I can understand both sides. I can understand both sides here. As a fan, I'm probably pissed. I'm probably pissed as a fan. As the Spurs, well, it's pretty much business as usual. This is what we've done. We did this before. This is nothing new. We did this before. So at the Spurs, it is what it is. So, and as David Stern, I, I guess I can understand how why he would be upset about this. Because, again, the NBA is here to entertain. Their fans is what makes this game what it is. It is the fans. It is the fan support. It is the fans coming out and paying hard-earned money, hard-earned dollars. It's the fans. It's the fans who pay their money to see these guys. So you have to, on some level, you have to do right by the fans. And you could argue that they did do right by the fans by competing out there and by giving the fans a, a very competitive basketball game. Giving the fans a very competitive basketball game. They gave the fans a competitive basketball game. And the Spurs were, were, were this close, were real close to winning that game. Real close. The Spurs were close to winning that game. They were real close to winning that game. They were real close. So, I thought again, overall, sum it all up, put it to bed. Do I think do I think the Spurs should have got fined for what happened? No. I don't. I don't. I don't. Do I understand the point of view of David Stern? Yes, I do. Do I understand the point of view of the fans who if they were upset by what transpired? I do. I do. But at the end of the day, if, if from a Spurs perspective, it's all about winning championships. And if Coach Popovich and the organization feel like that sitting Tim Duncan, Ginobili, Danny Green, and Tony Parker in this particular ball game, if that if they feel like that's going to get them closer to a championship, then who am I to argue? 
You know your team better than I do on the surface. You know the team better than I do. I don't know them the way you do. You know them better than I do. You know them better than I do. So you know what works best for your franchise. And apparently you feel like resting the team works best for the franchise. We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. And I want to go to the NFL now, and I want to move now away from the whole situation that happened this morning, the unfortunate situation that happened this morning with Javon Belcher, who shot and killed his girlfriend earlier this morning. I want to move now to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger is out again against the Ravens, and we've seen – what has happened with the quarterback play in Pittsburgh with Charlie Batch and Byron Leftwich as the quarterback? It has not been pretty, folks. Last week it wasn't pretty. Charlie Batch had three interceptions. The team as a whole did not rally around them as they had eight turnovers as a team. You can't win in this league against anybody, including the Cleveland Browns, when you turn the football over that many times. You remember the Eagles playing the Cleveland Browns' first game of the season. I remember that particular football game and. The, the Eagles, Michael Vick threw four interceptions in that game. And the Eagles found a way to win that game. And they haven't won much since. But they found a way to win that game. So you, I guess you can turn the ball over a lot against Cleveland and ultimately get the victory at the end. The Steelers weren't able to do that. Charlie Batch. And a lot of people, I heard a lot of people saying, oh, I'd rather have Charlie Batch in there instead of uh, Leftwich. Well, be careful what you wish for because what you got is Charlie Batch, who struggled mightily. The Steelers, who struggled mightily. And ultimately, the Steelers are they're, they're clinging to that sixth playoff spot in the AFC. They, they have the final wild card spot. If the season were to end today, the Steelers would be in as the final wild card spot. That's what the Steelers would have, the final wild card spot, if the season were to end today. But right now, you have Cincinnati nipping at their toes, and, and, and Miami's still there at five and six. And Really, you're looking at San Diego four and seven, Tennessee four and seven, and New York Jets four and seven, even Buffalo four and seven. Those two teams, those four teams, I should say, are still in this race. They're only two games behind. Granted, the season is coming to an end, but there is still time for those teams. Five games to play. A lot can happen in five games. A lot can happen in five games. So there's the Steelers. It's a big game for them tomorrow. You, you, you want to win that game. You want to win that game, but it's not the end of the world, especially if you can get Big Ben back healthy and ready to go. At this point, the Steelers control their own destiny. They control their own destiny. And right now you have the, the Colts, who are 7-4, and four, who has the, the fifth spot in the AFC. The Colts are 7-4. and four. Do the Colts come back to the pack a little bit too, which is a possibility. They play the Texans twice to end the season. They have two more games against the Houston Texans to end the season. So I look at this, man, and, and I say from the Steelers' perspective, they're, they're, they control your own, their own destiny, um, you know, and if they can win out, and it's going to be tough, especially tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be tough. Tomorrow's definitely going to be tough playing the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore without Big Ben. That's going to be tough. <clears throat> That's going to be a tall order. That's going to be a tall order. 
And they have one more game against the Bengals. Their final four games, San Diego, Dallas, Cincinnati, and Cleveland. <clears throat> so they control their own destiny, but the Chargers on some level, they have an opportunity because they play the Steelers. Obviously the Bengals play the Steelers, and that Bengals-Steelers game could be for that second wild card spot in the AFC. Could be for the sixth seed in the AFC. But the Steelers, it's going to be a tough game to win. I mean, granted, that they had their, their special teams let them down the first game against Baltimore. Special teams let them down. You know, Jacoby Jones had the, the punt return, and that was the difference in the ball game. That was the difference in the ball game. And how about the Ravens and, and Ray Rice, fourth and twenty nine? I mean, it was a dump off, and he somehow, some way, got twenty nine big yards. I mean, it's an amazing play. It was an absolutely amazing play, but you wonder if it was more of an amazing play or more of just bad defense by the San Diego Chargers. How do you let that happen? How do you let a guy, fourth and 29, on a dump off, get the first down? How does something like that happen? That's just inexcusable. That's just absolutely ridiculous. How does that happen? How does that happen? How do you let a guy on fourth and 29 on a short dump off, how do you let a guy get the first down? How do you let something like that happen? You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. Yes, you got to give Ray Rice credit for, for ultimately getting that first down. Give him credit. But my goodness, in that particular situation, the defense, you got to rise up in that particular situation. You cannot let that happen. Those are the type of things that get coaches fired. And it, it might be time for North. It, it just might be time. His nine lives could be up. He could be done finally after that. And has anybody lost? I mean, the Chargers have lost so many heartbreaking games this year. I mean, they're just losing in just bad ways. I mean, they they lose it the way bad teams lose games. I mean, you look at the game against the Broncos, up 24 to nothing in complete control. You give that one away. Phillip Rivers throws a whole bunch of interceptions in that particular game. You give that one away. And this past week, this past week where you have – Fourth and 29, you make Joe Flacco dump the ball off to Ray Rice. And Ray Rice, you let him get a first down. You let him get a first down. I I don't know how that happens. I, I don't know as a defense how you let that happen. How do you let something like that happen on fourth and 29? You know, you, you first of all, you, you question Joe Flacco, I guess. Granted, there was nobody available, no one open, but if you're Joe Flacco, why are you even dumping the ball there? That's a, usually a give-up play. That's usually a give-up play. You would expect him to at least, uh, you would expect him to, to at least throw the ball up to somebody, Torrey Smith, Pitta, somebody. You would expect it. It didn't happen, obviously. And ultimately, the Chargers will go on to lose that game. 
bad, folks. Bad loss. A bad loss for the San Diego Chargers. Bad loss. A bad loss. And the Chargers have found a way to lose like this over the past couple years. They just lose in some strange ways. And that's just a strange way, the way they lost the other day. Absolutely strange. Crazy. Just crazy and insane the way they lost that game. That's bad. That's bad. That's just a bad way to lose a game. And ultimately, the Chargers will lose the game. And again, the Chargers still have a shot at making the playoffs. They still have an opportunity to make the playoffs. And we'll see if they do. But I want to switch gears now, and uh, I want to go to music. And this guy that I'm about to bring in, he's been one of my favorites for a long time, a very long time. When he came out in the 90s, man, and with some of his his records, Where I Want to Be, You Know What's Up. I mean, all those songs, man, it just brings a smile to my heart. And also another one of his songs, This Love. I mean, it, it just, that song takes me back. That song takes me back to when I was dating my wife, and she's now my wife. But, I mean, that song just takes me back. It just, you know, I just love this man's music, and I'm about to bring him in now. Let's bring him in now. R&B star, R&B legend, the one, the only, Donnell Jones. Donnell, how are you, sir? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. All right. And, and Donnell, you, you have a single dropping, man. You, I don't know if it dropped or it's about to drop. Can you tell us about this new single? Uh, it's, it's a new single. It's about to drop. Um, it's, for me, it's kind of like my wake-up record. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a record where I'm kind of stepping outside myself, uh, just showing my creativity, you know, and and, uh, and just, you know, just, just bringing something to, to the public that, uh, that I feel like, you know, that needs to be heard. It's, it's the song called Step the Fuck Off. Okay, okay. And so that, that that's going to be your thing. That's the thing that you're putting out right now. And you got a video coming out for it as well. Exactly, exactly. You haven't shot it yet. But we'd, uh, I, I would say in the next couple of days we're going to shoot the video. Uh, that should be very interesting. And, and I look at you, man, and you, you spent some time under LaFace Records, and ultimately you won independent Candyman Records. Talk about independence and how much that benefits you. It benefits me in a lot of ways. You know, uh, I get to put out a record when I feel like it, you know. Uh, unlike when I was on the face, I had to wait, you know, everybody had to wait a turn. Um, not only does it help in that way, but it, it helps in, in, in my pocket ways, you know what I'm saying, because I don't have to share, uh, you know, my proceeds with, with third parties or anybody like that, you know. So um, you know, being independent is, is a beautiful thing, you know, because I'm, I'm the boss of, you know, I own my masters, you know, everything is, is, is mine. You know, I, I put the work in, so I should have some ownership of it. Now, would you be willing to go back to to a big label? It depends. I mean, you know, if if if, if the money is right, then you know, hey, it's a possibility. But you know, um, um, the way I see it right now, I don't, I don't think so. But I never say never because the right situation may pop up. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and let's look at the music landscape now. Talk about. I mean, you came in in the '90s. We're in 2012 right now. How much has the music industry changed since you first entered the game? Oh, it's changed tremendously. You know, um, um, you know, when I first became an artist, you know, we, we didn't 
we didn't have the internet like this uh, where you can go to social media and, and, and speak directly to your fans. You know, I, I came from the days where you send in fan mail and uh, and you hope that the artist got a chance to read it, you know. So um, it, it's totally changed. Uh, as far as musically, um, it's changed a lot. You know, it's uh, the computer age has made it where everybody can own, a, you know, can can own music software and now everybody feels like they could be a producer. You know, uh, back then, you know, it's, it was about the instruments and and uh, and you know putting people in the room together and, and you know trying to figure that thing out. But uh, you just gotta go with the times, man. I'm just one of those people that I'm a chameleon, man. I don't care what what's going on, you know. I'll figure it out and 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 I right. move with whatever was going on. We're talking to R&B star Donnell Jones, and I, I heard you said in an interview some time ago that a lot of the music right now doesn't have much substance. Why do you think that's the case? Um, I, I think that's the case, uh, basically because uh, it's there's not a lot of people that that uh, that's doing it that that that's I would say see creative. You know what I'm saying? I think everybody is kind of going off to the same kind of kind of grooves and same beats and and um and the creativity is not as as high as it used to be, because we used to have a lot of different sounds of, of music. It used to be all the R&B, but at the same time, it was just different styles, many different sounds. And, and to me, everything sounds the same on radio. But at the same time, you know, if, if that's where we're at right now, then it's going to take somebody to come out and switch it up, and that's what I'm trying to do. And that's what you're trying to do. And, and you're one of the real R&B dudes out here right now. Let's talk about the current R&B scene. Who are you listening to other than yourself? That's out right um, You know what, man? I, I listen to everybody, man. I, I listen to what's going on because I, you know, I like to stay in tune with what's happening in the streets, and you know, I like to stay uh, abreast of what's going on in the, in the music scene. So I listen to everybody. Man. I listen to rock and roll. I listen to, you know, pop. I listen to a little bit of jazz. I mean, I, I kind of I feed my mind everything. Right, and, and it shows in your music. And let's talk about you now. If, if you're writing a song and you're crafting an album. How do you go about doing that? What 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 happens? Do you do you set yourself apart? Do you do you go after a life story that you had? What do you do to to help craft a song? I just you know I I, I really first if it's something that I'm going through you know I I like to write about it you know um, so the first thing for me is is my own personal experiences and then you know um, I always add a lot of fiction to the story just to make it. Uh, uh, that much more better if, if if it's not already there. So um, those are some of the things that I do. And and musically, I just I just try to you know just listen to what's going on and and try to incorporate what I've done or what what has made me successful with what's going on today. And um and it and I always have things to work for me. So and we know you're you we we know what you could do with the mic, but you you got some great skills in terms of writing. You wrote for Usher, Seven O Two, Silk. So you're you're a big time writer. Talk about Donnell Jones, the writer. Oh, the writer, man. I mean, it, God has just blessed me with a talent, man. That I, I really can't even explain how I come up with some of the stories and and come up with some some of the melodies that that you know have been blessed to put on these records, man. I just it, it just happens naturally, man. I really can't even say that I learned. Anything from anybody, it just it just flows naturally for me, man. If I hear a beat that I like, I can automatically just you know start formulating uh, uh, melodies, man. And it just it, it just kind of give a talent. That's all I can say about that. Right. 
right? And, and it shows. I mean, obviously it shows over the years with some of the music that you've put out there. And you've worked with some great artists over the years, Big Pun, Left Eye, to name a few. But all in all, who is your favorite? Do you have a favorite? <laughs> nah, I can't say that. <laughs> No, I, I never have a favorite, man. I, you know, I, I enjoy working with everybody, man, because you know when you always get some inspiration from whoever you work with. You know, I've I've uh, been blessed to work with, like you said, a uh, big pun, man. I mean, I had a, an incredible time in the studio with him, uh, recording that is so hard, man. He's just, just a, a real down to earth cat, man. And then you know, being able to record with Left Eye, man, same same thing, man. Beautiful personality, man. The girl had energy like no other. And uh, you know, I, I get it when I. When I had a chance to work with those people, man, I just really enjoy, you know, spending time with them and, and, and trying to pick their brain and find out what right. made them them, you know. So um, that's what I do, man. I mean, I, I really can't say I had a, I have a favorite, though. Well, let, uh, let me ask you a question. When you're in a studio with, with a left eye or a big punt, does that make you kind of step your game up a little more? Um, nah, not really, man, because, I, I, you know, I already know what I kind of want to do, so... Um, no, nah, I'm never in, intimidated by any any other artist or anything like that. You know, I, I feel like, you know, a collaboration should be just what it is. You know, you get together and you try to make something special, and uh, and and we did. You did definitely, definitely you did. We're talking to R&B star Donnell Jones and Donnell. Over the years, again, we talked about some of your hits. You know, what's up? Where I want to be? This love? I mean, to name a few. Do you have a favorite? Uh, if, if if I had to pick, and, and it's gonna be real hard to do, but but um, one of the songs I truly loved was on my very first album, um, My Heart, and and it's gonna be uh, I want you to know. Okay. Okay. And why? I don't know why, if you might know that, but I picked that record because it's just, it's just one of those records that I had a lot of people around me, and I just wanted to you know. Uh, I put everybody out the studio. I really want to focus on on trying to get the lyrics and the music to that record, and and just the way it came out, it just I don't know, it just it, it just made me feel a certain kind of way, man. I was real young when I did it, and I just I just love how the record sounds. And you talked about you were young when you when you did that particular record, but how much have you evolved as a writer, as an artist, as an entertainer from that point on till now? Tremendously. Uh, I think that you know, if, if anyone put on my first album compared to you know to the music that I'm making today, and even my last album, you can hear the growth. You can you can hear the growth in the music. You can hear the growth as far as my my vocal abilities um, have gotten stronger uh, as a, as a songwriter. You know, my my melodies and my my lyrical content has gotten better. I mean, you can you can see it. You know, it's it's like it's like opening a book, and you get to the end, you're like, wow, this I can see the growth in this guy. Right. That, uh, I really feel like you can. And you had an album, 2010 lyrics, that's currently out right now. Talk about that album. Um, lyrics, man. I mean, to me, that's that's one of those albums that it's just another album that you put on and you let it play from the beginning to end. Um. If you ask me today, had you asked me when I put it out, I'd say, man, I love this album. And I really do. I still love the album. But I think on that particular album, I was trying to play it safe. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not with playing it safe anymore. Now it's time to show people exactly what I do, my skills, and, you know, 
at the end of the day, I might I'm I'm gonna gain some people and I might lose some. But for me, it's all about making great music and staying creative. You know what I'm saying? I never want to be the kind of person that that you know they say, well, man, you need to make another where I want to be. No, you need to go listen to where I want to be if that's what you want to hear. You know what I'm saying right. I'm not into trying to recreate something that I've already did. You know, I'm I'm about trying to move on and and create new, and that's what I'm about today. And why do you think you played it safe? Because I think that's what people want to hear. Okay. You know, you know, you get a lot of people that say, "Well, man, I I just want I I don't want my artist to change." But you got to understand, that's what we are. We're artists. You know, you wouldn't ask Picasso to paint the same picture over and over again. He'd be like, "Yo, this is boring." You know, but how many times can I do a Mona Lisa? Well, how many, you know, so as a, as an artist, you want to be able to 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 show people, you know, what you do, your craft, you know, right. your abilities, your growth. And if you just stay in that same lane, it's like, you know, it's boring. <laughs> and you said you got a single coming out. What can and you got? When's the next album? When's the next Donnell Jones album coming out? Um, next album is definitely coming out uh, next year. Um, you know, I'm about to turn 40, man, so I, I really want to bring the album out around my birthday, man, but I think they're going to make me push it up, you know, because okay. after this record, uh, it, 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 things going to get a little crazy. Okay. So next year, 2013, around what time are you thinking? I'm thinking uh, maybe February. February, okay. So first quarter 2013, we should see in a big time, another big time, Donnell Jones album. Oh, for sure, for sure, definitely. Okay, okay. And and you said it, it's not it's not going to be safe. It's going to be different. Is it going to be a little edgy? Oh, definitely edgy. Um, still R and B to the core, you know. But but it's going to be Donnell Jones 2013. You know what I'm saying? And 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 not Donnell Jones the way I want to be and and the, my hearts and the journey of the Gemini's and you know it's 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 just Donnell Jones with a whole new look, whole new everything. Now, Donnell, I, I talked to Donnell before I brought you on. One of my favorite Donnell Jones songs is This Love. And I remember listening to that song with my wife. She, I was dating her at the time. We were driving in the car. The song came on. She was loving the song. And the song always reminded me of her. Is there any way, any way, you can give me a, a, a couple lyrics of that song right now? You, you caught me at a bad moment. Kind of the weather right now. <laughs> but um, I mean, I wish I could, man. I I, I really want to, but I'm I'm kind of under the weather. I can't do it right now. Fair enough, fair enough. And and what was your inspiration behind that song? My inspiration behind that song, man. I was I was uh maybe 25 or something like that, man. And and I was just living that life in the club, you know. And you know, you meet women, man, and and it don't matter if, if they got somebody. You just want them for that night, you know. No no relationships involved. They just keep it strictly physical. And and you go your way and I go mine and, and that's it, you know. And that's what right. I was living, that's how I was feeling at that time, you know. So that's that's what that's the record I made. And now that you're forty, you think you will make another record like that? Not or is yet. it gonna be not a yet. little more toned down? Not yet, forty next year, not this year. Next year, next year, I'm sorry. Don't give it to me beforehand. <laughs> and now again you got you got the single coming out, you you're talking about an album. Next uh, 2013, February 2013, where can we find information about some of the great things that Donnell Jones has going on? Um, you can check me out on Twitter, uh, 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 twitter.com slash Donnell Jones 96. Uh, Facebook is the same. Um, 
And also, you can check me out on um, DonnellJonesWorld.com. You know, we're uh, putting up a site, and uh, uh, it's under construction right now. So check me out. This guy is one of, one of the big R&B guys out here. I'm a big-time fan, been a fan of this man for a long time. Support some of the great things that Donnell Jones has going on. Donnell, are you doing any shows? Oh, for sure, man. You know, I'm I'm, I'm constantly doing shows. Uh, right now, I won't be doing any shows for this holiday season, but um, check me out top of next year, man, and, and we're going to be rocking and rolling. I believe it. I believe it. They're going to be rocking and rolling. I'm going to be rocking and rolling. I can't wait till this man drops in 2013. Donnell, it was a pleasure talking to you, man. We wish you nothing but the best of luck with your album. Let's do this again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Hi. Donnell Jones, R&B star. I'm a fan, man. I'm a, I'm a big-time fan of this man's music. He's put out some big-time hits over the years. I'm a fan. I'm a big-time fan of Donnell Jones and Again, I wish him nothing but the best of luck moving forward. And I can't wait till the new album drops in 2013. I'm looking forward to hearing a new Donnell Jones banger. I'm looking forward to hearing that. And it will drop 2013. And He's, he's R&B, man. He, he's R&B. He takes me back to, to my college years, this guy and his music. I mean, the music is, is, is just... It's fresh. It's, it's great. It's dope. It's all those words that you want to use for good. It, it is like that. It, it, the music is good. And again, I, I can't wait till his album drops in 2013. Nothing but the best of luck for Donnell Jones moving forward. Nothing but the best of luck. I want to, and I was talking to the NFL, and I want to go back to that now for a moment. Um, we talked about the Steelers and, and what they can do and and pretty much they control their own destiny, but can they get it done? Big Ben will not be out will be out this week. He may come back the following week. Ultimately the Steelers won't I see I was I was under the thinking, it was my thought that when the Steelers and when Big Ben initially went down, I was saying to myself, you know what? This team can still get to the playoffs. this team can still get to the playoffs. This team will still keep this thing moving forward. That was my thought process at the time. Six and three were the Steelers when Ben, Big Ben went down, and I was thinking to myself, you know what, this team can keep this thing moving. This thing, this team can keep this thing moving. And ultimately, you know, it, it didn't happen because they lost to Baltimore, and then ultimately they lost to Cleveland. You can understand the Baltimore loss. The Cleveland loss was a little hard to swallow if you're a Steelers fan. That's got to be a hard loss to swallow. But, I mean, all in all, they're 6-5, and five, and I still think ultimately the Steelers will make the playoffs. The Steelers, in my mind, still will make the playoffs. I believe the Steelers will make the playoffs still. That's my opinion. I think, especially once Big Ben comes back, I think he'll keep the ship. He'll, he'll rewrite the ship, I should say. And I think ultimately the Steelers will keep it going. I actually think the Steelers are going to win tomorrow. I think the Steelers are going to win tomorrow. I think they're going to beat the Ravens. And I think you're going to, get to see a total team effort out of the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Ravens. You're going to see a total team effort out of this ball club because the way they played last week, I mean, eight turnovers in an NFL game is inexcusable. Eight turnovers in any football game is inexcusable. But eight turnovers in an NFL football game, that's downright inexcusable. That should not happen. That should not happen. Obviously, Mike Tomlin wasn't happy. 
Mike Tomlin was not happy about it. The team as a whole, you can't be happy about it. Mike Tomlin said that was a very ugly performance. Said it right after the game. Ugly performance, and it was downright ugly. It was nasty. It was gross. It was disgusting. Eight turnovers? Eight turnovers? And the last time that happened was back in 2001. So eight turnovers hasn't happened in over 11 years. Eight turnovers in a game. Eight turnovers. You're not going to win many games when you're turning the ball over eight times. You're not. It's not going to happen. So with all that being said, I expect the Pittsburgh Steelers, I expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to come back this week against the Ravens. I expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to have a big-time effort this week. Charlie Batch will play better. The team as a whole will play better. The defense will pick it up. The special teams will pick it up. And remember last time these two teams played. They were a Jacoby Jones punt return away, the Steelers, from winning that particular football game. So I expect them to pick it up. I expect the Steelers to pick it up this week against the Baltimore Ravens. Charlie Batch will play better. The running game, you can run the ball against the Ravens. You can run the ball against the Ravens. This is not your father's Baltimore Ravens defense. You can have some success against this Ravens defense. You can. You can have success against this Raven defense. You can. You can. And this team is 26 against the rush. 26 against the rush, this Raven defense. So you can have success. Now the Steelers, granted, are 22nd in terms of running the ball. So, you know, this is, you know, so... Maybe it evens itself out and nothing happens. But I think the Steelers are going to have success in this game. I think they're going to be able to run the ball against this Raven team. I think they're going to run the ball. I think the defense is going to step up. The Ravens' offense hasn't been that great over the past in the past few weeks. So I expect a step-up performance. And you're, the last time these two teams played, Steelers did have 134 yards rushing in that game. Granted, 31 of them was from a Byron Leftwich run, TD run, and I don't think you'll ever see that again. But we'll see. We'll see. But I'm making this prediction now. I believe the Pittsburgh Steelers win tomorrow in Baltimore. I think they win tomorrow in Baltimore. Everybody steps up. This is going to be a step-up performance from a lot of guys. This is going to be a step-up performance from a lot of guys tomorrow. And the offense steps up. They run the ball, I think. They have success with that. Charlie Batch doesn't turn the football over, and the defense steps up their game. And ultimately, 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 the Pittsburgh Steelers, everybody will pick up their play. Their coaches are going to coach better. The offense is going to play better. 
the defense is going to play better. Everybody is going to step up their play for the Pittsburgh Steelers come Sunday. You and we shall all see. We shall all see. The second hour of Go For It starts right now. In this hour, we're expected to be joined by our Hall of Famer, Willie Rofe. We're going to talk all things NFL with Willie, get his thoughts on some of the things that are out there, the 49ers quarterback situation, how he feels about that, get his thoughts there. Also get his thoughts on the big play, Ray Rice's big play against the Chargers and how he somehow, someway got a first down on that particular play. I don't know how he did it. Only God knows, I guess, and I guess some of the Chargers defenders. Also, we're going to be doing by Justin Blaylock of the Atlanta Falcons. He's the starting guard for the Atlanta Falcons, a team that's 11-1. and A team that's coming off an impressive performance against the Saints, a team that stopped Drew Brees' touchdown streak at 54. The streak is over, and I didn't expect it to end anytime soon, at least not this season. So give the Falcons a lot of credit. They intercepted Drew Brees five times. Intercepted Drew Brees five times in that game. Had a lot of success against Drew Brees in that game. And the Falcons have had their troubles with the Saints over the years. I mean, the Saints are 11-2 and since Drew Brees stepped on the scene in 2006. So Drew Brees and the Saints have had a lot of success against the Atlanta Falcons. A lot of success. A lot of success. A lot of success against the Falcons over the years. This time was it was a different case. The Falcons really shut down Drew Brees, intercepted him five times. They made Drew Brees look awful. Made Drew Brees look awful. Awful in that game. Now, last time, Drew Brees was held without a touchdown. Was back in. It's been a long time. It's a long time, but it was against the Jets. The game where ultimately the Saints would win. But it was a game where Drew Brees did not throw a touchdown pass. Fifty-four games later, in 2012, and that's a long time. That's a long time. A very long time to go. I mean, you talk about, I mean, the thing about it in the NFL, the thing about it in the NFL, it's hard to play. It's hard to play 54 games, period. It's hard to play 54 games, period. But you're talking about playing 54 big games, 54 big games, 
and not only playing those games, being healthy in those games, and but having success, having at least one touchdown, that's, that's special. That's special. And Drew Brees has had tremendous, tremendous success. Tremendous success. Tremendous success over the years. And a lot of people thought Drew Brees was done after that season in San Diego coming off the shoulder injury. A lot of people thought he was done. A lot of people. And Drew Brees, his last game, the last game he had played without a touchdown happened in 2009, April 14th. 2009 against the New York Jets. Against the New York Jets. And in that game, in that game, Drew Brees did not throw a touchdown pass. 20 for 32, 190 yards, 190 yards and no touchdowns in that game for Drew Brees. So that was the last time that was the last time. The last time. The last time Drew Brees went through a game without throwing a touchdown. 54 games. 54 games. That's a lot of football, man. That's a lot of games. A lot of games. And Drew Brees did not throw a touchdown pass this Thursday night against the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons came up, forced five big-time interceptions, and ultimately the Falcons would finally beat the Saints. And again, the Saints have had so much success against the Falcons over the years. And Drew Brees has been 11-2 and against the NFL, against the Falcons, I should say. 11 and 2 against the Falcons since he stepped on the scene with the Saints. 11 and 2. So he he's had success. He's had success against the Falcons over the years. He's had a lot of success. But he didn't have success Thursday night and ultimately the Falcons would win the game. I want to switch gears now to Major League Baseball and the Hall of Fame. You got guys like Bonds, Sosa, McGuire, those guys on the ballot, on the ballot to get into the Hall of Fame. We all know the story in terms of performance-enhancing drugs, and and you know, these guys have been linked to that. Clemens still denies it to this day, and ultimately he would win his perjury case against the government. I don't know how the government lost that case, but it is what it is. And and personally speaking, I don't know why the government wasted his time, uh, you know, going after Project Clement and all that thing. I mean, come on. You're wasting all that money on, on, on sports. I mean, if he wants to take steroids and do what he has to do, that's what he wants to do. But uh, I, wasting my time, wasting the government money, 
which is partly some of my money, which I pay my taxes, wasting a bit of my money going after Roger Clemens. Who cares if he lied? Who cares? Who cares? He's not a, a menace to society. It is what it is. I don't know how he didn't get convicted, though. I don't know how he got away, but that is what it is as well. But I look at this whole thing, and I, I, I say to myself, I look at it this way. Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds are guys that still probably would have Hall of Fame numbers. They would def- definitely would have Hall of Fame numbers if they never cheated. So those guys, okay, if you don't want to put them in the first time around, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. You don't want to put them in the first time around, fine. But ultimately, I think those guys should get in. Those guys should get in. Those guys should get in. Bonds and and Clemens definitely get into the Hall of Fame. But you you, you look at it's so much hypocrisy with this whole thing as well. I mean, baseball knew what was going on with Sosa and McGuire. But you know what? They closed their eyes. You know why they closed their eyes? Because they were coming back. The fans were coming back after the World Series was canceled in 94. The fans were finally coming back. There was a buzz with baseball again. The fans were coming back. The fans were loving it. The fans the fans were celebrating these guys, celebrating McGuire, celebrating Sosa. The fans were loving it up. They were loving it up. Loving it up. And the you you knew You knew baseball, Major League Baseball. You knew. They knew what was going on. They knew these guys were juicing. They knew these guys uh, were doing things. They were doing abnormal things in terms of these numbers. The numbers were just crazy, putting up crazy numbers. They knew what was going on. It didn't take a rocket scientist to know what was going on. It didn't even take a scientist. To know what was going on. It didn't even take, I mean, you could look at, you could bring in your five-year-old and say, you know what, here's a picture of Barry Bonds before, here's a picture of Barry Bonds after. You be the judge. I mean, you could bring your five-year-old and say, here's a picture of Sammy Sosa before, here's a picture of Sammy Sosa now. I mean, your five-year-old can, can, can look at that and say, you know what, something ain't right here. Something ain't right here. So it's, it's a lot of hypocrisy in play. You know what, to be honest with general character, let them all in. What the heck? Let them all in. You you knew what was going on. Don't don't try to, you know, get religion now. Don't try to don't try to, you know, all of a sudden say, you know, these guys are cheaters. You knew they were cheating. You knew the, what those guys were doing. You knew it. The whole I mean the, the whole steroid era. We knew what was going on. It don't take a, uh, a scientist, don't take your five-year-old to figure, you can take your five-year-old, your five-year-old can look at pictures of McGuire and, and Sosa and Bonds and look at pictures before and after, and they can make a determination. I can bring my five-year-old out there, and then they can look at it. It doesn't take much to figure out what was going on at that time. It doesn't take much to figure that out. Baseball knew. They knew. They knew. They knew what was going on. And now everybody's saying, you know what? These guys cheated. These guys are cheaters. I can't let them into my our Hall of Fame. They don't have character, integrity. Who cares? You know what was going on. You knew what was going on. You knew what was going on. Let's bring in a guy now who's did a lot of great things in the NFL, played a lot of great football, 
now is a Hall of Famer. Let's bring him in now, the one, the only, 11-time Pro Bowler, the great Willie Rofe. Willie, how are you, sir? How you doing? Good. Everything's good. Thanks for joining us. Willie, let's get right down Let's get right down to it. Let's go to the 49ers quarterback situation. They have made a change. Colin Kaepernick is the starter for the San Francisco 49ers. I don't necessarily agree with the move. I feel like Alex Smith, yes, he's a game manager, but being a game manager, he does protect the football. Colin Kaepernick is a young quarterback. We know what young quarterbacks do. Young quarterbacks make mistakes. Kaepernick may make a mistake. At the wrong time, but overall, Willie, how do you feel about this move? Uh, I think uh, I think I think for right now it's a good move. Kaepernick's uh, been playing real good football. His deep ball's more accurate. You know, uh, he can move around in the pocket. You know, Alex is a mobile quarterback, but uh, he can move around in the pocket pretty well. But I, I just think uh, you know they made a change. And Kaepernick is has beat some very good teams. I mean, he beat New Orleans and New Orleans. He beat. Uh, uh, some other pretty good football teams. So I don't think you can sit the guy down with a hot hand right now. You got to ride him through it. You know, it'd be it'd be good if some of those, uh, like you said, people talking about disguising coverages and mixing it up on Kaepernick. But for right now, uh, the game plans that uh, Harbaugh's putting together, uh, Kaepernick's uh, doing a good job finding that first progression. Now, when he has to start going to progression three, four, two, three, four. Uh, and progression one is not open a lot of the time. Then we'll see what type of quarterback he is when he has to do some more reading and make some more decisions about who he's going to throw the ball to. And and I, and, I, and I get that. My whole thing is, what's going to? He's a young quarterback, and we all know what young quarterbacks do. Young quarterbacks make mistakes. They make mistakes. And one thing with the, when I look at the Forty ers the run game, the defense. Everything is built to win a Super Bowl now, yes. And I look at Alex Smith. He doesn't hurt you. He doesn't hurt you. Now, you could argue Kaepernick helps you a lot more than Alex Smith does. But one thing about Alex Smith, he doesn't hurt you. I don't. I mean, you can't argue with the way Kaepernick has been playing at this point. But to me, it's all about what happens in the playoffs. And he's a young quarterback. Is he ready for that stage? Well, we we'll have to. I, I don't. Well, it's going to be a little different in the playoffs. If if he is going to be ready for that stage, you have to let him play right now. He's got to know how to play football. He's got to get get in there and get in the fire. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna get him ready for the playoffs, then you might as well get him ready now. And it's also good to have two quarterbacks that are ready in this league at this day and age. But we all know that the way Kaepernick has been playing, the situation is going to come down to money. And after this year, Alex Smith probably will not be there. Alex Smith might be quarterback. He might be quarterback of your Eagles next year. But that's another subject. What I'm saying is he will not, you know, probably with Arizona, but he will not be with the 49ers the way Kaepernick has looked. Because if they don't, then they're going to lose Kaepernick. So, Either way you look at it, Kaepernick got in there. He did what he had to do. He's made his impact. He's done what he had to do to open the eyes around the NFL, and he will be playing next year. So I say that if you're going to let the young man learn, he needs to go ahead and learn now. When it, you know, If he does slip up, you still can go back to Alex Smith. You still have both of those guys for the rest of this football season. Well, 
let's just say he plays well throughout the course of this regular season, continues to play decent football, come playoff time, he slips up. You slip up in the playoffs, it's too late. You're right, but uh, somebody's going to do some – he's not going to just have me perfect throughout the season. He's going to have to go through some rigors. Look, he went down and played against New Orleans. I understand that they're not the best pass defense, but that's a team that had beaten the Atlanta Falcons who, right. you know, at home. So, I mean, I mean, you can't say this kid hasn't played against some good football teams. You know, who else did, who, who else did he play against at home, Paul? Oh, he played the Bears. He, and, you he know, played the he, Bears. Played the Bears. Okay. I, I mean, for that. He, he dominated the Bears. He had an impressive performance against the Bears. Okay. Well, 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 I mean, that's one of the top defenses in the league, correct? Correct. Very true. Okay. But I, I will say this. I will say this. My only concern is young quarterbacks do young quarterback type things. And those young quarterback type things are turnovers and interceptions at the wrong time. <laughs> at the wrong time. It happens. Okay. He's playing. He's playing. He, uh, well, let's say this. He's been in the league for a few years. He's had time to understand, to watch a lot of film, to be able to sit on the sideline and watch a guy play. So it's not like he's got it. He's not put in a situation like the young kid in Philadelphia who's thrown in the fire. This kid has a chance to be around Jim Harbaugh, to learn, to study. He's had a chance to be in the league for a few years and not get thrown in the fire, which has helped him to be ready to play. And I have to give him credit for being a student of the game. And when he got a shot, he's making taking advantage of it. And he is. Give him credit for for what's going on. He is taking advantage of it. He is playing decent football. But we'll see what happens in the playoffs. Young quarterbacks do young things. And maybe he doesn't do young things. I mean, maybe he, he, he plays a steady football game. And, yes, they look explosive. I can't argue that. They, they look explosive. They look like a, a, a different offense with him as the quarterback. And, We'll see. We shall see hey, Paul, what happens. Paul, I know you were talking about some negative stuff. I hate to bring up some negative uh, things, but, uh, you know, very, very, very tragic situation happened in Kansas City today um, with Javon Belcher and the situation with his girlfriend. I don't know if you know what happened, Paul, but it's a tragic situation. And, uh, you know, uh, you just don't want to see that go on with – I don't with the, with the with the young these young NFL players and these young athletes that uh, have these domestic issues. But uh, you know what happens in regular life, and, and, and to be sad occasionally, it happens in professional sports. And uh, uh, you know, like I said, just a very very tragic situation. And uh, my prayer go out, really go out to that young lady's family. Right. Um, that uh, they got killed this morning before, by eight o'clock before practice started, and uh, to the the players having to deal with that, and, and the general manager, Pioli, and all those men that tried to, you know, stop that young man from uh, hurting himself. But uh, you know, like I said, it was a very tragic situation that happened in Kansas City. And we 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 talked about it a little bit earlier. I mean, it, it's just it is a truly sad situation. And I, and I talked about this, and I think this is something we can get from this particular situation. Just because you, you're you're making a decent living as an NFL player, just because you know you you, you seem to be happy, just because you got a smile on your face, just because you have success, doesn't mean you are happy. It doesn't mean you are content with with what you have and with your life and. 
I think this is a wake-up call to a lot of us to say, you know what, just because they're an NFL player, NBA player, Major League Baseball player, hockey player, whatever player they are, just because they have success and they're in a the spotlight and everything seems to be going well for them doesn't mean they don't have issues. And unfortunately, these issues, his issues, manifested itself in in what happened today. And, you know, we don't know the details, and the details are still coming out, but from what you can gather at this point, you know, he killed, killed his girlfriend. Ultimately, he killed himself, and it's just... In front of his mother. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it was apparently in front of her mother. In front of her mother, in front of one of them mother, but I mean, my yeah. God. I mean, I could, you know... I, I mean, that's... That, that is... Uh, this, I don't think that's, that's an inexcusable uh, situation. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I don't... I, you know, first of all, I'm kill the mother of a three-month-old child, period. You know, the, tra- the sad thing about this whole situation is right now in real sports, when I was playing, you know, they're talking about the Ray Crew situation and how, how he's going to get out of prison soon in the next four or five years. How can you live with yourself? You killed the mother of your child. Your child has cerebral palsy. You take her to a movie theater, then you take her home and make love to an eight-month-old mother of your child, and then you set her up to get killed. And uh, and, and then the, the tragic situation that happened with Fred Lane, the running back from Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers, who was dating the woman who who had uh, had all these uh, issues with fraud and taking money, stuff like that. And she blew him up, you know, shot him with a shotgun through the door. You know, back when he was running back for Carolina. So I remember these incidents happening to the Panthers, who we were in the division with back in in the mid to late 90s. And, uh, you know, and the ironic thing is Kansas City plays Carolina tomorrow. Right. And all the stuff happening in Carolina with the Rick Roof situation. So it just brings back to, to me to light that, you know, when I was playing at that time, there were more of these type of incidents that were going on around the league. And, uh, they have until now this year. In fact, this year, if you look it up, Paul, we haven't had a lot of incidents with players or DWIs or you know we haven't had any type of issues for the last year. Two. Roger Goodell's done an excellent job of kind of nipping that in the bud. And this situation just it just came out of nowhere. You know, I'm watching the real sports piece yesterday in the day this situation happened. So. Like you said, it just brings it all back to life, and it makes you think about the situations that happened when when you were playing. But uh, to, to this season, you know, you haven't had any incidents at all, it seems like. I know you had, you had some things going on in the off season with some guys getting in trouble. but Off season, but not during the season. Not during the season, yeah, correct. During the season, we haven't heard too much going on. Overall, I mean, you know, there's debate about this at this point, and I mean, I don't know how important it is, but should they play the game tomorrow? Uh, I, I guess they're going to have to. I mean, I don't know how you play a game when you got players, when you got the coaching staff for the Chiefs out there trying to tell this kid and the general manager to put the gun down. You had players that were walking down. I've talked to some people down there. I have more detail about the situation now. Paul, you had players that were walking into the vicinity when this happened. It's happened right before the team meeting. He he goes over to the facility like he's going to the team meeting. 
in the Saturday morning meeting, there were players outside that were present when this occurred. So you have a tragic situation that these players have to deal with, and they got to turn it on to play football game tomorrow. I, I just don't see how they can do that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be a tough. T- I will say from this standpoint, Willie, I mean, wouldn't it, I mean, in terms of playing the game, football is almost like where you go to, to kind of get away from your problems. Wouldn't it almost be a situation for these players where getting onto the field tomorrow will kind of take their minds away from this particular situation? I mean, how can it take you away from your situation when you got a player that's been starting off for a year for you that's not in the lineup? I mean, you right. used to seeing that player run out of the tunnel with you, and he's been out there battling all year for you, and you run out the tunnel, and you've been in a meeting with him all week, all year, and then this player is suddenly just gone. And 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 the and the the the, the thing about it is either side. I mean, the guy didn't die tragically. You can't put a patch. You mean you can't go out there and kind of, you know, it's a catch twenty-two. You can't go out there and put a fifty-nine on your on your jersey and say, "My God, something happened to him tragically." I mean, he killed the mother of his kid and blew his head off. So you can't. I mean, how do you celebrate? You know, how do you, you know, how do you dysfunction the fact that okay, I'm sorry for what he did, but damn, he killed his, he killed the mother of his three-month-old baby. I mean, how do you decipher the two where you're even, you know, attached to to that in a positive light, though, Paul? Right. It's it's a it's a real tough tough situation that they have to try to play through tomorrow, and it's very ironic that it will be against the Carolina Panthers. Going back to the Carolina history, when they did have some issues going on in Carolina with some athletes up there. Uh, yes, yeah, truly, it's truly a sad story. I mean, you know, either way, whatever they decide is whatever they decide, and you know, I don't know which way they should go personally. I mean, I think I almost almost think they should play tomorrow, but I can understand if they don't. Maybe Monday would probably be better. You have a day removed from it to, to you know. Think about some things, get your mind a little right, a little better than it could be. But I, I mean, it's if what happened is what we're seeing happen. I mean, he obviously killed the mother of his child and he killed himself. To me, you know, it's it's, it's a selfish act in a lot of ways. Very selfish, Paul. Very, very, very selfish. So I, I almost like, almost feel like the show should go on. We we shouldn't stop for such a cowardice act. By this player, and, and, and you know it's 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 a tough situation. It's definitely a tough situation, a sad situation. And uh, I, I mean, mean I, I understand you argue about certain situations. And, you know, from what I hear, he was more of a homebody type of guy. He didn't go out. He was with her all the time. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't understand how you can go to an argument to get to the point where you, you find multiple shots into the mother of your child and then go with the practice. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's that's that's, mm. uh, that's that's a tough story, tough situation. We're talking a Hall of Famer, Willie Rolfe, and let's go to something more happier. And uh, I don't know how much happier it is for the Pittsburgh Steelers to lost the last two games. Um, right now, six and five. No Big Ben. They have Charlie Batch as a starter. They go to Baltimore tomorrow. I think a game they win. I think they everybody around. Charlie Batch steps up their play, especially coming off an eight-turnover game by the Steelers. Overall, 
do the Steelers still make the playoffs? They are the sixth seed at this point, tied with Cincinnati. Them and Cincinnati have the same record, but the Steelers do control their own destiny. Do the Steelers make the playoffs still, Willie? Uh, Big Ben doesn't come back soon. I think they're in trouble. Unless they can find a way to run the football. Unless right. that offense, and, and the problem with them is their offensive line. I, I'm sorry, Paul. I'm sorry to say this. They look like they're big and they're out of shape. They can't move, Paul. So, I mean, I mean, but as big as they are, you would think that they would be, excuse me, you would think they'd be on a run block. So, unless they can find a way to run the football, control the clock, play ball control, have some play action, and make the game plan a little easier for these backup quarterbacks. Because you can't, you can't, the quarterback you got in the lineup can't do what Big Ben can do. Sure. They can't, they can't extend the play. They can't, they can't do. Big Ben does some unbelievable things, and the way he's gotten his body beat up, <clears throat> Big Ben is not going to be able to keep playing the way he was playing in the past. So you know they got to really, really, really address the offensive line situation. Draft a few guys this this next year, but like I said, unless they can run the ball. And, and, and eat the clock up more, they would not make the playoffs. But like, but like I said, these other quarterbacks cannot extend the play the way Big Ben has been able to do. And, and I'll put it to you this way: I think they do round, rally around Batch and win tomorrow. But again, they can't. I don't think they can make the playoffs if Big Ben is not back. That's the only way they make the playoffs if Big Ben comes back. And I thought before this injury that there was a possibility they could still make the playoffs without Ben. But I, I don't think so. I think they can come up with a strong performance tomorrow. But they need Big Ben back if they want to get to the playoffs. And speaking of a team that will not make the playoffs and won't come close to the playoffs at all, the Philadelphia Eagles, um, seven-game losing streak. All in all, Andy Reid's been there 14 years. In your opinion, Willie, should he get fired mid-year or should they let him finish it out? No, don't don't fire him. This is too late for that now. Let him finish it out. They, I mean, like I told you, I saw this coming. It's a situation now where Andy Reid and, and the locker room is divided because Andy Reid and Michael Vick are bumping heads. You have some players that are going to side with Michael Vick. Some players are going to side with Andy Reid. Some players aren't going, you know, aren't playing as well as hard as they would have played. Uh, but but th- this issue goes back to last year, Paul. This didn't just start this year. We had the same issues going on last year with the team underperforming and then turning it on late in the season. So this team has been underachieving for a couple of years now. It's time for them to get some new blood in there, to get the morale going, to get some discipline with that team, and for them to be accountable. Because right now, they think they can do whatever they want to do with Andy Reid in there. He's lost respect, I think, of the team, it looks like to me. And, uh, and uh, they have to figure out what they're going to have to do with Michael Vick because he's a strong personality. So, uh, you know, they got to figure out if they want to keep him or let him go somewhere else. But for, but for right now, I think uh, it's time for Andy Reid. He's had a real tough year with his family also, and that's another incident we didn't talk about, you know, did that we didn't mention about his son dying at, at training camp. That was a tragic situation going into the season. But uh, I thought they would rally the team around him, but it, it didn't work out that way. It, it, it just everything that we thought could have happened this year just didn't pan out. 
and it's, it's been a tough year for Philadelphia. And you mentioned earlier that Alex Smith could end up in Philadelphia. As a Philadelphia uh, Eagles fan, I would not want that out. I'd rather keep Michael Vick. And um, just judging by some of the options that may be out there, I might want to keep Michael Vick anyway going into next year. He's an upgrade over Alex Smith. I don't care what anyone says. Alex Smith is nothing more than a game manager. Nothing more, nothing less. Michael Vick has the potential to be a game changer if he doesn't turn the football over. And more often than not, he has turned the football over this season. But I still think he has some game left. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what the new coach decides, and we'll see how the organization goes moving forward. And, Willie, also, Thanksgiving Day, you know, people were eating their turkeys and uh, cooking up their chitlins and all that other good stuff. And on that day, Adamic and Sue. At it again. You saw last Thanksgiving he stepped on the Packers uh, guard, Evan Dietrich Smith, last year. And this year, it looks like he does a little karate kick to the groin area of Matt Schaub. Ultimately, the league did not suspend him. They did fine him. What's going on with Adamic and Sue? I mean, did you Uh, think it was uh, intentional? It looked intentional to me. What do you think? I don't know what's going on with this kid. Um I mean, like you said, the first—I mean, first of all, he's got a lot of pressure on him to perform, and 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 let's be realistic. The last, ever since the uh, the uh, the first year when he played so well, uh, you know, he's played okay, but he hasn't played at the all-pro level he played at his rookie year. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll say that, and um, it seems to me like he's trying to do more. To be, uh, to be known for something as being a tough football player, if you want to call that tough, more so than 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 doing the things to be, you know, straight up and down on the field. So, mm-hmm. I just think you need to make more plays between the lines legally than to be known for. You know, he went from being the, supposed to be the next great thing to being known for. Dirty plays doing football games. Uh, we heard okay. Warren. We we heard him being. You know, you heard the talk of him being the next Warren Sapp type of defensive tackle. Heard a lot of that talk, and it hasn't happened. Other than that rookie year, he has gone down since. And also, Willie, we, we've heard uh, Brandon Marshall came out this week and talked about some players taking Viagra, and apparently Viagra helps with endurance on the field, uh, helps with endurance in other areas and helps with endurance on the field. Fortunately for myself, you know, I don't have an issue in that area and I don't have to take Viagra. But what, what do you think about these players and, and, and using Viagra? And I know players will do anything to get an edge, but Viagra? That's the first I've heard that. Now, I've never heard that. And I, I've heard Viagra hurt you back, you know, for more, 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 more often than not. The Viagra's led to guys having, you know, back you know, back pain and stuff. So why would you take that to deal with a football game? It absolutely makes no sense to me. Apparently, it gives you some kind of science and something with the blood, but apparently, it gives you endurance. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, Paul. I, I, you know, the only endurance I think you're gonna get from Viagra is not not on a football field. I would think so too. Maybe, maybe I'm gonna go out and take some Viagra and jump on the football field and see what happens. See what kind of doors run around the track a few times. See what happens. I could be a little uncomfortable though. But I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess people will do anything 
to get an edge. And, Willie, each and every week we got to get your top five, the top five teams in the National Football League as it currently stands. Willie, who are your top five in the National Football League? Top five teams. Hmm. Uh, Atlanta's only lost one game. I don't think they're playing as good as they were. Uh, you know, I've heard them being called the greatest show on turf. I wouldn't say that. But uh, I got Atlanta. Uh, what you call it, Slid? I, Chicago Slid without without Cutler. They're not in my top five. I got Atlanta. Uh, I got New York in the top five. The Giants. The Giants, the Super Bowl defending champ, not number two. Okay. I have them in the top five. The Denver Broncos mm-hmm. are in the top five. We're going to continue to clash on that one. The Denver Broncos are one with six in a row. The Denver Broncos are in the top five. Maybe the best team in AFC, one of them. New England mm-hmm. Patriots, obviously the New England Patriots. And... Uh, don't forget about the Texans. I have to throw the Texans in there. The Texans are healthy. They are, they they continue to win. So I would have the Texans. I would have Atlanta. Um, the Texans, Denver, New England, and New York. Okay. So you got the Texans. Atlanta, New England, Broncos, and New York. I don't know if I got the Texas first or second. Uh, I, I'm gonna take. The, here's what I'm gonna disagree: the Denver Broncos still beating up on the little. The Broncos just started with one six in a row, Paul. They played it there and seven game winners. When are you, when are you gonna get paid million credit for something? Let's see what happens this week against Tampa. That's a little bit of a test. Well, look, they're playing at home though. They're playing at home. I know six games in a row is six games in a row, but you beat the Chargers, the Saints. The Bengals, the Panthers, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. The Bengals are a bad team now. They are six, they are six and five now. Okay, I, I they're six that. and five. But the rest of these teams are under five hundred. That sounds like. Oh, you're gonna have to give you're gonna have to give them credit for something eventually. And they lost. And who did they lost to? Atlanta, New England, and uh, and, and 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 who else? In the Texans. They lost to the big sisters of the. They lost to the big sisters. The the Falcons, the Texans. That was early in the year, though. That was early in the year when they were still when they were still filling out paper, was still getting I'll, going, I'll, when they were still under getting understanding of the correct. Uh, yes, I'll give you that. But though, in those games, they were down twenty-one to nothing at one point against Atlanta. I believe they were down twenty points as well uh, during that game against the Texans. At one point, they were down twenty points against the Patriots. At one point in that game, and they were down twenty-four against uh, against uh, against uh, uh, San Diego in San Diego and came back. True, but this this is a team that's doing it to me against the little sisters of the poor. I mean, they were down, down, they were down but, 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 but they haven't they haven't gone down like that in in recent games. They've jumped on teams and 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 convincingly beat them. True, but let's let's I mean, look at the Patriots game. They were down thirty-one to seven at one point in that game. Thirty-one to seven. You look at the Falcons. They were down twenty-one to nothing at one point in that game. Let's until until. In the Falcon game, they came back. They did, but they were down like twenty-one to nothing at one point. They were down thirty-one to eleven against the Texans at one point in that game. To me, until you beat one of the big sisters, 
Till you okay, be one when, of you, when do you want to be playing best ball? You want to play your best ball at the end of the season, going Thank into you. the playoffs. Thank you. But again, the Chargers won't probably won't be in the playoffs. The Chiefs won't be in the playoffs for sure. Um, the Bengals may be in the playoffs, but probably not. And the Saints won't be in the playoffs, and the Panthers won't be in the playoffs. Beat somebody that will be in the playoffs, like the Texans and like the Patriots. Those are two teams you're going to see. But again, their big test to me is. Week 15, December 16th, in Baltimore. That'll tell me all I need to know about the Denver Broncos. But we'll see. We'll see. Willie, as always, man, pleasure talking to you. We wish you nothing but the best of luck, and let's do it again. All right, let's do it again. Thank you for having me. Willie Rofe, 11-time Pro Bowler, Hall of Famer, the great Willie Rofe. You're listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio, and when we come back, we're expected to be joined by Atlanta Stockton's guard, Justin Blaylock. Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Okay. And we're back. And we're going to bring in now a, a guy who, who's got to be excited right now, his Falcons. Big-time victory against the New Orleans Saints Thursday night. They finally beat up on the Saints. The Saints have been giving the Falcons fits. Over the years, Drew Brees has given the Falcons fits over the years, but that all changed Thursday night, and the Falcons are now 11-1 and and doing big-time things. And one of the guys that's helping them do big-time things is their guard, offensive lineman, Justin Blaylock, and let's bring him in now. Justin, how are you, man? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for joining us. And, Justin, before we get to the game, unfortunate situation came out of KC today. Parent murder suicide, Javon Belcher. Uh, upon hearing that story, man, what was your initial thoughts? Uh, really, just uh, shocked. Right. You know, for for that something like that to happen, I mean, the young man must have been very, very troubled. So it just you know, breaks my heart. And you know, anyone who's connected to him knows him. I just you know, say a prayer for him today. And his family are going through a very tough time. And just this, I wanted to talk about this. I know a lot of people think, you know, NFL players, you make some money, you, you, you seem to be happy, you have a lot of success. But please silence the myth. NFL players have problems too, right? Absolutely. I don't think anyone is uh, exempt from having you know, personal problems and issues. Uh, uh, as the case has, you know, shown itself over and over again. So, uh, you know, don't think that anyone, you know, just because they have a little change in their pocket, 
uh, doesn't have to go through anything you know, in their, in their personal lives. And let's get to you, and let's get to something happier. You guys beating up on the New Orleans Saints. Talk about your performance against the Saints Thursday night. And it felt it, it really good to you know, finally get that one. Obviously, like like you said in the intro, that's kind of been a thorn in our side for you know, quite some time now. Uh, in any you know, division you know, game like that, there's always going to be good games. Uh, so, so to get that one out of the way and you know, have some success early, especially uh, have to have the have the dome rocking, it, it really felt good. You know, the guys uh, are really grateful for everyone that showed up and you know made a difference. Throughout the course of the week, going into that game, was that you know this is a team that you guys were undefeated. You go into New Orleans, they beat you, so they end your undefeated streak in the season. Well, was this a game you were saying, you know what, we we, we got to get them back? Did, did this game mean an extra little something? Uh, just, I guess, the uh, the revenge factor is always, you know, a good thing to help. Uh, but if you don't have motivation for, you know, any game in this league, you're going to struggle. So, uh, I mean, I don't want to make it you know, too much more than what it is. But, yes, it, it does. You know, so you have to kind of put that notch in your belt, so to speak. And why do you think the Saints have had so much success against you guys? I mean, Drew Brees is 11-2 against you guys coming into that game since 2006. The Saints are 11-2 against you guys. Why have it, have that t- has that team had so much success against you? Uh, voodoo? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. They've, um, you know, they, they've really played – Played their butts off. They're a great team, obviously. You know, you don't win championships. Uh, you know, being a poor team, but you know they got you know, great athletes out there, good teams, and uh, have seemed to always thrive. You know, under the biggest of situations. So I mean, I, I really tip my cap to them. But I do respect the guys. Uh, I know people may not like to think that. You know. We have friends on the teams and whatnot, but uh, I do respect those guys uh, very much so. And, and looking at this game, going into this game, Drew Brees had a streak of 54 straight games with, with a touchdown. Thursday, no touchdowns, five big interceptions. Talk about the play of your defense. <laughs> and those guys <laughs> played their butts off Thursday night. Uh, you know, getting all those picks really, uh, you know, it's a – each phase of the team really feeds off each other so well. And, you know, when one thing is not going great, you know, everyone else is able to pick, the, you know, pick that area up. But um, you know, can't, enough can't be said about, you know, their performance. Obviously, you know, the Saints offense has been you know, very high caliber for a long time. And to, you know, come out and have a game like that, I mean, really uh, is a testament to, you know, spending to Mike Owen. You know, to each man on the field. But let's say they're making a couple times. <laughs> you guys, you guys really on the defensive side of football really got it done. We're talking to guard Justin Blaylock of the Atlanta Falcons. Justin, on the offensive side of the ball, you guys have been very explosive this season, averaging 26 points a game, which is fifth in the NFL. Roddy White, Julio Jones, Tony Gonzalez, to name a few, and of course Matty Ice. 
is this the best offensive unit you played with in your career? Uh, well, uh, my junior year at Texas, we put up like 50 points a game. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, this is this is the best group of guys that I've been around. I mean, I haven't played a very, very long time, but um, man, it seems like at every position, you know, we got guys that can make great plays, are capable of, you know, explosive football, and, you know, a, a wealth of guys that can do it even. So, you know, you have guys like Drew Davis stepping up one game, um, having a great game. So we got guys that, you know, no matter the situation, can play ball. And, uh, you know, obviously we've done a good job of bringing in guys that have the right attitude, you know, professionalism, being ready to play at all times. And you guys have been pl- ready to play at all times. 11 wins tells us all we need to know about that. And, Justin, you protect this guy week in and week out. He's been having a great year, and that guy is Matt Ryan. Talk about the play of Matt Ryan thus far this season. Oh, he's, he's been unbelievable. Uh, you know, if you watch TV at all, you know, you're very familiar with what he's done this year. Uh, but just the the preparation he brings into it, I mean, he's, I don't want to make it sound like he's like a robot or a machine, but he's actually an awesome guy. But, um, you know, the preparation and mentality that he takes to a game, uh, I mean, I can't imagine too many, too many guys being more passionate about what they do. And it shows on the field, obviously. I mean, 22 big touchdowns for Matt Ryan this season and the, Falcons are 11 and 1 and playing some big time football. Let's look let's look at the offensive line now. You guys as a unit, you, you guys are tenth in terms of sacks in this league. Your offense is putting up numbers. As a whole, how do you think this line, your offensive line has played this season? You know, I think we've done a pretty good job for the most part. Obviously, uh you know, we've been somewhat maligned for uh you know, running the ball rushing performances this year. Um but at the end of the day, you know, we're winning games, and we know we have things we need to work on. Um, with all that being said, I mean, I'd, I'd have to say we're doing a pretty commendable job. Right. And how about your play as a whole? Talk about your play this season. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm never pleased, uh, you know, regardless of what happens, you know, always uh, – I guess searching for the elusive perfect game, but uh, that's why I do this. I, I really enjoy, you know, putting myself up to a challenge every week, right. and uh, you know, seeing if I'm able to overcome that. It, it really is. I mean, what I love about the game, and you know, why I, I guess, stuck with it so long, just having, you know, all the work and preparation, kind of come together, come to fruition on a Sunday afternoon, I mean, is is quite gratifying. You know, when you see something that, you know, I watched this on film, you know, Wednesday night, had it happen this way in practice on Thursday, came out to the game, you know, anticipated it right, got the right calls. It, it really is quite fulfilling. We're talking to Falcons guard Justin Blaylock. And, Justin, you guys – have four games left. You're 11 and one. You have the best record in the NFC. You're probably going to get the number one seed. 
to me, I look at you guys, and to me, yes, the regular season doesn't ma- does matter. But at the end of the day, what matters with the Falcons to me is what happens in the playoffs. What are your thoughts, sir? I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, having regular season success is you know good and fine, and obviously you yes. had to do well to to make it into the playoffs. But you know that's when you create your legacy. And so you know we're working hard. Uh, you know, leaving people for for out there busting our butts so that we can get there and you know, do something when we get in. Right. Because I mean, we know uh, we have not been, you know, anywhere near satisfied with what we've done so far. So we're out here working, you know, extra extra hard, make sure we can put our best foot forward when it does come, you know, January, February. And. We we saw a couple of years back you guys had the best record in the NFC, 13-3. You had home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Do you sense anything different with this team in comparison to that team or even the team last season? So each year is a, a, a very different team, I mean, and not just you know, personnel-wise, which is you know, obviously going to be about the turnover and you know, this line of work. But uh, so I guess just the, the attitude of the team is a completely new thing. You know, every every fall that you come out, and you know this one is a uh, you know, very special in its own right. Just the group of guys that we have here, uh, I really do think we're on to something special. Now, what that's gonna you know amount to in the end, uh, I can't say. But <laughs> the group is the group is really awesome. You know, Makes it fun to come into work every day, and you know that it doesn't feel like a job. You know, when you enjoy what you do every day, it feels like you're on vacation. And that's a great thing, and especially when you have 11 wins and only one loss at this point of the season, it has to feel good to go to work. Has to feel good to play the game week in and week out. You guys are playing some good football right now, but again, we have to see what happens in the playoffs. You know that, I know that, and we'll see with the Falcons and. Let's talk about your foundation, Justin. You're doing big things with the Justin Blaylock Foundation. Talk about some of the great things that you're doing. Well, I was really blessed. Uh, you know, after well, two seasons now, uh, to get a you know, long-term commitment here. Uh, so I've been trying to expand my presence in the community here uh, and try to make a difference, you know, with – what I have been given. Uh, so we've been trying to uh, get involved with some schools. Uh, I work with a program called the After School All-Stars, uh, bringing kids to, you know, some games. They will, if they act right, get good grades, have good attendance, those sort of things. Uh, and then after the season's over, you know, if they keep it up, uh, they'll go have a, a pizza party at their school, okay. know, get to meet some of the kids face-to-face. Uh, interact with them a little bit, and uh, actually next year, something uh, that I'm really passionate about is music. I was uh, in band growing up, so we're actually going to start a music program at one of the schools in the Atlanta area. Wow, so we got some pretty exciting stuff going on these days. That's big. That's big, and you're doing big things in the community, and that's what it's all about. And Justin, where can fans find information about some of the big things you're doing in the community? 
Oh, the easiest place. Do uh, have a website? Uh, it's very creatively titled. <laughs> JustinPlaylight.com. That is creative. Very creative. <laughs> uh, so you can, you know, see what what we have going on there, um, from foundation to, you know, our weekly schedule. You know, all types of stuff is there. Um, you know, anyone that's interested in, you know, just seeing what goes on, what I'm trying to do. Um, I mean, everything you'll find there, and if, I do take questions off of it, too. So okay. if you want to know something more about what's going on, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm someone that can be reached pretty easily. And, and real quickly now, Justin, we know you're big into music. What song would you, would you use or song mm-hmm. would you play to to talk about this 2012 season at this point? What song would come to mind? And talking about the 2012 season at this point. Oh my goodness, <sighs> that's a tough one. But uh, I need something. Oh my goodness, that's, that's really a very difficult proposition. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, something that really speaks about. I guess uh, what what this means to all the guys involved, and generally, I, I can't think of anything that really encapsulates you know all that goes into a, a football season from right. you know the camaraderie aspect to you know the gosh the grind of training camp to mm. the enjoyment of you know all these wins we've been piling up. Uh, but that still has a sentiment that we got a long way to go. Definitely. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a song out there. Maybe someone can write one for me. How about "Ain't No Stopping Us Now"? <laughs> there you go. I like <laughs> Justin, it was a pleasure having you, man. We wish you nothing but the best of luck with your foundation. Nothing but the best of luck moving forward in this season. And let's do this again. Absolutely. I look forward to uh, doing this again, guys. Take care. All right, send you. Justin Blaylock, guard for the Atlanta Falcons. And the Atlanta Falcons are 11-1, but as Justin talked about, and as I said it, it's about what happens with the, in the playoffs with this team. We know what happened against the Packers. We know what happened against the Giants a year ago. It's about what's going to happen in the playoffs with this team. That's what this whole thing is all about. What will happen in the playoffs with the Atlanta Falcons. I want to thank R&B star Donnell Jones for stopping by. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Jones 96 and you can find out some of the great things he has going on. Also, I want to thank Justin Blaylock for stopping by. Follow him on Twitter at JustBlaze63 and support some of the great things he's doing with his foundation, the Justin Blaylock Foundation. Also, I want to, I want to thank our Hall of Famer, the great Willie Rowe from stopping by. And, again, Willie's a big-time Hall of Famer. He's a big, he was a big-time player, and it's always great to get his insight on what's going on in the National Football League. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash pecan, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. You can also follow us on Twitter at go 4 Again, blogtalkradio.com 
slash PGAN where you can listen to this great show and other great shows. And again, make sure you follow us on Twitter at GoForItCant. Started out as a bad day for a lot of people with the whole situation in Kansas City. And again, we our prayers go out to the family of the woman that was murdered and also the family of Javon Belcher as well. Again, it was a pleasure talking to you. It's a pleasure having fun. It's a pleasure talking sports and having fun. For everybody here at Go For It, we hope you have a great week. We'll see you back here next Saturday. See you later. Take care.